With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, Ray, Jeezy, and myself, Wole. Nothing much, just sitting here watching this Wizards game. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm actually... Yeah, I said nothing much, just like I said last week. I, I know, right? Yeah. I know. Wait, look, though, what, what, what do you want me to add, though? What do you want me to say? Like, what? What kind of pleasant... Ray, what should we be saying, dog? Like, how should we start it off? What kind of pleasantry should no. we exchange? Bro? I know, man. Like, you, no. you going in on us? No, I, I'm just... <laughs> Sometimes it's good to switch it up. When you say grace for you, you can't say God is great, God is good every time. You gotta say, you know, Lord made his food nourish our bodies. You know what I'm saying? Facts. I like, get you. So next time, so all right. Good, so man. so how should I say? I'll say, all right. You're listening to the Ur- Urban Sports and Blase, Blase, Blase. Then when I get to introduce you all, I should say, you know, what I'm saying, everybody watching the game, should I just start it off like that or what? What should I say, right? I'm asking you. I'm asking for I your advice. Shit's great. Everything's <laughs> great. How about that? That's okay. <laughs> Will T, you should say what's up, world. Looking for? What's that? You should say what's up, world. I used to say that. <laughs> I did. That's true. Good old, I, good old world. Wow. Shots fired. The good old, the good old, the good old. Go ahead. <laughs> that's a, that's a shot. <laughs> That's not a shot, man. I just thought it was an inside joke, something that I thought you all would buy. No, it was, oh, it's, it's hilarious. An inside joke and shot. It's great. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. I would definitely co sign on either one. I don't care. <laughs> Classic moments, man. Classic moments. You can always go back to our archive stuff to get what we're talking about. No, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> and at least you'll see the the history of, of where you for ages came from. Though. I know, right? So nine, right? From a dude, nine, by the way, like from a dude from Austin, right? Like not Austin, from Australia. I said Austin from Australia, <laughs> from down that under. That was our first. That was our first guest on her. <laughs> How did that happen, bro? Like he pitched the he he came know, to us, come, right? We have come a long way. <laughs> I was just thinking about this uh, prior to. Um, once I saw the outline, yeah. I saw the, which number of the show it was. We have come a long way. For real, man. Like some like really awkward moments. Donnell Dockett. Uh, what else were we trying to do? A lot of stuff, man. Like a lot. Skylar Diggins. Yeah. Apple G's. And we got a, and hopefully we got a lot more awkward moments coming to us in the future. Facts, bro. Facts, man. Straight facts. Uh, make sure you check uh, check us out. At Sports Journey, SportsJourney.com, you'll find all kinds of sports content, especially for your DMV sports teams. Uh, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet uh, us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Will T. Into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington football team releasing quarterback Alex Smith at 820. We'll talk about the red hot Washington Wizards at 835. We'll talk about the NBA All-Star selections. And finally, we'll debate whether wide receiver Sterling Sharp, because we didn't talk about last week, uh, should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, But first, uh, it's been reported that the Washington football team will release Alex Smith, quarterback Alex Smith, um, are you surprised, Ray? Absolutely not. It's hilarious that Wole, you and I, we text often. And thus far, we've said that 
Ron Rivera is not showing his hand. We don't know what he has planned for the offseason. No one knows or has an inkling. No sources can figure out where this team is going in terms of quarterback. But we all, <laughs> we <laughs> all saw this coming. Mm -hmm. And Alex Smith, of course, did not help by running his mouth. I'll get into that later, though. Will, were you surprised? Uh, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I'm surprised that, like Ray said, you know, he, um, Ron, and no one knows exactly what the plan is at quarterback because typically that's a position that, you know, at least, um, there are some rumors or, or the fan base has some inkling and, and, you know, just the, um, local media has some meat, has some inkling of what they're, what they're hoping to do with that position. Mm -hmm. But um, thus far, we don't know anything. We do know that Alex Smith won't be here. We know that they tried to acquire Matt Stafford by giving up their first-round pick. Mm -hmm. So if you were to ask me, I think that Ron Rivera has some type of plan um, up his sleeve for the quarterback position. Yeah. What it is, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you all. I'm not surprised. Um, I think the reason, when Ray, what Ray's referring to, the reason why maybe Alex was, was mouthing off um, I don't call him well. Yeah, mouthing off is because he probably knew Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera probably told him already, like, "Hey, we don't, we don't, we're not gonna have you back." And I think that would get that gave Alex the freedom to to feel like he can say whatever. Uh, because I just don't think that it, just in my just thinking of his situation, there's not many football teams that would make him a starting quarterback with where he's at right now. And for him to come out and just say uh, those things about an organization that gave him the opportunity to be a starting quarterback, uh, knowing what he had, even again it's Props to him for overcoming so many NFL. This is probably the only organization where you can make the argument that he would be a starting quarterback. No, I can make another. I can make an argument for another organization. You could. Okay. I mean, yeah, we'll get there. You, we'll get. Yeah. We'll get there definitely. But I'm just saying, like, it's not many. You know what I'm saying? It's not many. So, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. so it's like for him to come out and say that. Usually, you would think you have you're in a position of leverage. I guess that's my thing. And I don't think he had that much leverage. To a point to say, if he wanted to be, if his goal is to still be a starting quarterback in the NFL, his leverage wasn't strong enough for him to come out and just say that, you know, say like, okay, these do these individuals they didn't want me here, they didn't think they didn't really want me in the building, it looked like I had to plague or whatever. I'm I'm saying this, I'm not saying this verbatim, but to that effect, uh, for him to come out and say something like that, I think he knew what was going down. But right, you want to talk about it, right? Absolutely, because I feel as though, as of late, with 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 his recent comments, with Alex Smith, most I, I don't know if he's done multiple interviews, but the statement that he made, which of course made headlines, was the Washington football team did not think I was coming back. Mm -hmm. And it seems as though he has this edge to him when, if you watch the ESPN documentary, Alex Smith himself and his family doubted his ability to play football again or even have a normal quality of life for that matter. So now why after awesome playoff run do you come with this tone when no other team in this league may have kept you anyway? And then it also, for me, takes away from Coach Rivera, who battled cancer, who was also courageous throughout the season. So I, I, I was not happy with that. And I feel as though if there was going to be a nail in the coffin, that was it for me. Will. Very valid points, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, very valid points from both of you guys. But I think you, um, you failed to take a couple. Smith wasn't given the opportunity; he earned the opportunity, right? Because he had to prior to the start of training camp, or when he was eligible to come off of the uh, the injury. The injury. The um, I forgot what what the exact terminology of it is. So when he came, um, when he was fully healed, he had he had to actually show Ron Rivera um, and Scott Turner that he was capable of playing football and playing at a level where he can contribute to the team. I think that's one. Mm -hmm. Two, because of injuries and inefficiency in the quarterbacks that were ahead of him on the depth chart, that and his also the progress that he showed in picking up the offense within practice, he showed he earned the opportunity to go out on the field and be the starting quarterback for this organization. So I, I think when it comes 
Go ahead, though. I mean, that, that's fair. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but so, you know, with him, with those comments with, within, I believe it was GQ, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, correct, Ray? Maybe. <laughs> I, no, I think it's GQ. Okay. I think you're right. I, I think you're right. Okay. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, within GQ, I think a couple of things we, we don't, we aren't taking into consideration. Mm-hmm. One, the writer for GQ, um, and I, and I read the article. He doesn't seem to have a very broad knowledge of sports and football. He, saying that, not saying that he, he's a novice, but he didn't seem to be a sports writer, right? Mm-hmm. So he was trying to put things into context and be very descriptive for the story that the writer was trying to convey to the audience. Um, that's one. And two, what's wrong with just telling the truth? If the truth is you didn't get the feeling that uh, Ron Rivera and the organization necessarily wanted you back and embraced you back, just tell the truth. Now, we all know that one of his biggest advocates was the owner, Dan Snyder. So maybe Dan Snyder did have a role to play with him um, staying on this, staying on the roster. But, you know, I, I don't have a problem with anything uh, Alex Smith said at all. I'm glad that you're highlighting the fact that he was honest. And that's what we want whenever you're talking to an athlete or whenever an athlete is speaking to the media, you want someone to be candid. So I agree on that from that standpoint, but in terms of earning his position back on the field, are we talking about two different things? He definitely earned his way back. You cannot discount the hard work. I mean, he's, he's, he was one of the greatest stories of the season, arguably the best comeback that we've ever seen because his injury was catastrophic, of course, but you highlighted it, Will. Injuries and inefficiency of the quarterback. If Kyle Allen never gets hurt, we never see Alex Smith on a, on a football field, at least for the Washington football franchise again. So the, the, the cards fell in his favor in this situation. He was, he, was, he was blessed that what was in front of him got hurt and didn't play well. But uh-huh. I feel as though why, why even that was asked him in the interview, because I need to know the context of it. Maybe I'm reading too far into it, but I feel as though even then, I, I, I just I didn't like the tone of it. It's, like, it's, it's as if he has the edge to him now about I'm, like, he's beating his chest. That's why I told Wally earlier. Like, he's beating his chest like I came back. They didn't want me. They didn't think I was ready. It's like, dude, nobody did, including yourself. So why even say it? Maybe he's trying to give himself further motivation to keep playing. No, I mean, I think I mean both individuals to me, I think both of you guys are, are, are right. Uh, I feel, one, I, I, I believe that, you know, Alex – I said this before, but Alex was healthy enough. He was the best quarterback on the roster. Um, I thought he was better than Kyle Allen, and he's better than Dwayne Haskins, um, if healthy, healthy enough to play the position. Um, it's the, the quarterback play here wasn't wasn't good, to be real with you. just wasn't good, and he beat out individuals that he, he's capable of beating out. But does that say in terms of as a whole, is he good enough to play the quarterback position for and start or, or be a, a guaranteed starter on, in multiple teams in this league? Um, at, at the state he is now, and I can't and I can't say that. So, to a point, like to, to I feel Alex's confidence, and I feel where he's coming from. If I mean, you know, feeling that people gave him a different look, saying, oh, "Why are you in the building?" Or you know, feeling on edge, on edge with him. You know, even trying to make this comeback group is still trying to assess this team and seeing if they need to go, you know, towards the future or this, that, and the other. And you have this this contract and this individual that you have to worry about. But at the end of the day, it all worked out, you know, for both parties. It worked out for Rivera because he, he helped get the team to the postseason because um, Alex did help get this team to the postseason. And Alex got a notor- notoriety because of it. So to Ray's point, probably the most no- the most attention Alex Smith has ever gotten. And that says a lot for a dude who was the first round of the first pick overall. Um, even that was dib- disputed when he was, you know, coming out of Utah. And even the way he was playing, a lot of people called him a bust and he had negative, you know, didn't really get that much love. And even when he took his teams to the postseason in San Francisco, it was always the other guy. Oh, did you see, uh, um, see um, uh, what's his name? Cal- Colin Kaepernick or when in Kansas City, uh, the, the young boy Mahomes is going to take his spot. So now there's a situation where he got a lot of he's gotten enough attention, um, a lot of attention, probably the most attention, again, the most the most attention he's ever had. And, you know. We we talk about this with young with young players. 
when they get that attention, you know, they may be humble, but when they get that attention, it tends to change them a little bit. So I do kind of see a little edge in Alex, you know, after getting this attention, um, a little change. Um, I'm not saying that he's way over the top, but I do believe there's a, there's a slight change to, to what Ray's talking about. Well, let me ask you all this. Okay. If you survived a catastrophic injury to your limb, mm-hmm. um, had multiple surgeries, fought back uh, infection, heard everyone, not everyone, but heard a majority of people tell you that you'll never be able to get back on the field, you'll never be able to play. Hell yeah, you're going to be more confident. <laughs> No, I feel you. I'm I feel sorry. You. Like, I feel you. Yeah. I, no, I'm sorry. I, I hear, I hear what you guys are saying, but hell yeah, you're going to be far more confident in yourself. And for you, and also on top of that, I also think that there's an an ideal spot for him mm. once he leaves Washington in Chicago. Okay. Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for him in Kansas City. In Kansas City, he clearly had one of his best stretches of his career. And, you know, when you look at that roster, I mean, you look at it at the quarterback position, there isn't anyone on that, you know, there's Nick Foles, but Nick Foles has been extremely inconsistent. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, I don't know why you would sign him back with more money to invest in him. If you're just looking for a guy to be a potential stopgap at the quarterback position, go with Alex Smith because he's comfortable with your system. So he can, he can, from, he can come in and he can start automatically for them. Without question. Oh my gosh! Oh man, interesting. I'm glad you mentioned Kansas City. I'm glad you mentioned San Francisco. If any time you should have beat your chest, it should have been then when people were saying he's a bust, when critics were saying he was done, and then he goes to Kansas City and performs well. That's when you should beat your chest. He should have actually mentioned that I've got my spot replaced several times. But I continue to come back, but now you're going to wait until you have this crazy injury. And thinking that people start to doubt you, then people are doubting you way before that. Like, come on, dude. That's what I'm saying. Something is something different. You didn't hear this tone from him back then when it was all about football and what he was doing and producing on the field. Now, when you're coming back from a serious injury, now you want to kind of beat your chest. I just don't get it. But Will, you mentioned his next move, and it was a good segue. I appreciate you because instead of him playing quarterback, I think it's time for him to step away from the game. You know, Chris Carter is a great motivational speaker. He talks to the draftees. Alex Smith could do that about the potential for serious injuries and the recovery process, which, of course, includes selecting the right medical team for your surgeries, your rehab, as well as financial planning. So do that either or or become a coach or just retire. I I feel like his his days on the playing field are over at this point, and I'm just glad that he was able to be safe and and finish the season because it was scary just from the time he stepped back on the field in that game against against the Rams. So – but why do go that? Go, Will. But why do that? If he does that now, then for oh, okay, for you to fight and come back, beat the infection, beat the odds, come back, lead this team to uh, the playoffs, right? And then um, you be cut by a team and then go into retirement like that. No, he doesn't want that. He wants to go out on his own terms. He wants to go out on his own terms. And if he feels that he can still contribute to a team potentially as a starter, so be it. Chase those opportunities if those opportunities are out there for you. So uh, Will got Will got to in terms of Alex Smith playing for another team. I uh, put that on Twitter. Uh, my man – uh, DC Homer Sports tweeted, some have said the possibility of a reunion with Ur- Urban Meyer. Also, most NFL executives have said uh, at best he, he'd be a backup. Um, where do I see him? He, he, if, he's announced, if he announces retirement, I'll, it'll be in San Francisco for a one-day deal. So about Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, would that be a good fit? Uh No. Because, Just because mobile, they already right? have, well, not only that, but you already have a young veteran who was holding the quarterback position for you and Gardner Minshew, mm-hmm. who's a more than capable backup, right? Now, let's say you plan on trading Gardner Minshew, and we already know that they're going to tra- they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. 
Very true. But that that move just doesn't make sense to me. All right. Um, and at Q underscore skins uh, agrees with you too, Will T. He says the Bears. The Bears is an, are an option. I believe also our football garbage time homie, Hakun Wong, um, he has the Bears as well. Great minds think alike. I don't know, but the Bears, I mean, I still think they need a mobile quarterback. I just feel like Alex isn't as mobile, especially in Nagy's offense. I think a, a mobile quarterback who can run to a certain extent, because, I mean, Nick Foles isn't mobile, but Alex is not even close. Like, Alex is like Philip Rivers mobile, which is real slow. Whoa. <laughs> like I wouldn't go that slow. far. Like a real slow. He is though. I, I think that's going a bit too. That's going a little bit too far. <laughs> he is though. Have you like he don't? To he don't. It, I mean, to each his own. No, I, look, I, I don't think he's that slow. Like Philip Rivers is <laughs> a corpse is faster than Philip Rivers. Oh man, dang! I, I don't think it's that bad. See, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I don't think he's that bad. <laughs> he is that bad. All right, man. The Washington Wizards are seven and three in their last ten games. We'll discuss why uh, this has uh, why they've been playing such good ball after break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Thing for ages. You dig deuces. Streets of Memphis, Tennessee, the robbery capital of the U.S. The three three six six. Mafia. Who run it? Who run it? You're listening to the urban sports scene with myself, Wole, Will T, Ray Jeezy. All right. So in their last 10 games, or well, first off, the Washington Wizards right now are playing the Memphis Grizzlies. They're down. I don't have to score. I don't have to score up, but they're down. I think maybe they cut the lead down a little bit. But but anyway, in their last 10 games, the Washington Wizards are 73, including a three and one record during a four game West Coast trip. Uh, the Wizards are now 13 and 19. Uh, what has been the main reason for the Washington Wizards' improved play? I'm gonna start with you, Ray. Garrison Matthews, Mo Wagner. That lineup change has has sparked this team. Garrison Matthews, in particular, he plays the hardest on the team. I know Bill gets the accolades because he's one of the the best scorers in basketball right now, and according to Somebody on Fox Sports 1, he is one of the greatest shooting guards in the history of the game. <laughs> Who said that? As a matter that? of fact, what? there was this debate. Skip Bayless. Anyway, oh, it, was this deba- <laughs> it was this debate about who's the better scorer, James Harden or Bradley Bill. Just this season, y'all. That, that's how high Bradley Bill has risen in terms of just how people view him around the league. But to get back to my point, 
as much as we can talk about Brad and, you know, of course, Russ is the most polarizing guy on the team. Garrison Matthews, in my opinion, plays the hardest. I don't want to see him on KD at the end of the game, but <laughs> you know he's going to bring 1,000% every time he steps on the floor. And I got to give Bruce credit for making that lineup change. Since that lineup change, you've seen, you've seen a difference in the team's energy. And also, I've seen them finish games. The second half, the second half of these, uh, during this high streak, awesome. Because they learned how to close. They didn't quite close well in the Boston game, but you, you can't be but so mad because they stole one from Denver on the road at the end of a grueling road trip. Will? Um, yeah. One, you know, Ray, Ray made a great point. Um, the inclusion of, uh, the, the changes in the starting lineup, that's one. Um, two, I think they're getting uh, better production from, as what Shaq would call, the others mm-hmm. on a, a more consistent basis. Um, we know that you're going to you, – well, you know you're going to get 30-plus from Bradley Bill. You know that you're going to get um, somewhere in between 19 to probably 20, you know, 25 from Russell Westbrook. But – the other guys on the team, what will their contribution be? And, and I'm just not talking about a contribution from the offensive side of the ball, um, defensive, defensive side of the ball also. Um, Robin Lopez has come in, mm-hmm. stepped in, uh, solidified the, I'm not going to say solidified, but he, he brought more resistance to, uh, to players when they come to the rim, a little bit more ruggedness and physicalness, um, down to the block. So, it's just been a better team ball from my perspective. And, you know, um, that guy who they paid a lot of money to hasn't been playing a lot. In the past <laughs> couple of games. That helps too. Davis, Davis, hey, <laughs> uh, pose the same question on our Facebook page. Um, and uh, my man, uh, Cameron posted consistent defense on key possessions, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, defense, I think they've been, to me, they've been a way better defensive team. We've seen this team play defense at a low level in the beginning of the season. Now they're playing at a, to me, at a, at a, at a high level, to be honest with you. I mean, in today's NBA, it's hard to keep a team um, under 100 points, right? But, you know, you see games where the Wizards have, have held teams to 105, 111. Uh, to me, those are respectable. That's respectable or darn near good defense in today's NBA. So, um, they've played better defense. Like my man Cameron said, down the stretch, they've made key winning defensive plays. And that goes to a point to what Ray was mentioned with having a guy defensively, you're going to have a better defensive team. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like uh, the Wizards have been a better team uh, mainly because of their defense. And to, to Will's point, I think both of you guys are saying, like, yeah, the other, the others are, the others have been balling. The others have been playing good, play, uh, been playing good basketball. Scott Brooks, can he deserves some credit too. He's made some adjustments. Um, I'm not the biggest Scott Brooks fan. I'm not going to act like I'm here to say, like, oh, he, Scott Brooks has turned the corner. But there are some things I do like that he's done with this basketball team. You have to, definitely. He made adjustments. So you got to show love to the yeah, to Scott Brooks for doing that. That too, and but I, when I saw, and I want to also give oh, credit to uh, to Russ too. I don't want to shortchange. Russ has played better compared to what he did in the beginning of the season, which has helped this team uh, get on this type of uh, I won't say winning streak, but get on this type of play where now we can talk playoffs. Yeah, go ahead, Ray. I'm sorry. Oh well, I I've always felt like in the Eastern Conference this team was going to have a shot at the playoffs. Let me just put that out there now for anyone that. Felt as though the Wizards wouldn't be in play going down the church. I don't care what their record is. Eastern Conference is what it is because within another two weeks, the Washington Wizards could be in the top four seeds, which is crazy to even think about. But it's where we are right now, getting the Eastern Conference. But anyway, Scott Brooks, you got to show him love in terms of lineup change. But that doesn't take away from the fact that his offensive sets at, at times are just I, I don't understand him. How, his use of Rui, which Wale has been going off on Twitter about, he's not using Rui to his strengths like Rui was using Gonzaga. When Rui is, is such a talented guy, I do love Rui's defense, though, and I feel as though him being able to defend the one through five, as Russ told him, has helped set the tone for just better defensive play all around. The Wizards still possibly need to make a move because I feel as though they're still too small in the backcourt, especially on the bench. Ish is out right now, which is a blessing because at times you have Neto, Ish, and Russ on the floor at the same time. So that's also a, a blessing in disguise. And I mentioned this on the round ball report that – Another aspect of Brooks' coaching and his rotations that I like is he shortened his rotation. 
You don't see Troy Brown at all anymore. Mm. You barely see Bonga. I like his defense, but you have to find your core group, and I believe the Wiz have that right now, which is also contributed to their sort of hot streak. I don't want to go too far because they got some ways to go. Round ball report. You doing another podcast? I knew, I knew he was going to say that. As soon as he said, it's the TV show that he does, man. What are you talking? As soon as yeah, he said yeah, round we'll ball report, we'll I knew we'll Will was going to say that. That says a lot about you. That's an indictment on you. So I ain't even, even <laughs> worried about it. I have no response. What did you say? I said, that's an indictment on you. The fact that you don't even know what it is. So <laughs> it's an indictment. <laughs> it's not an indictment. It is. It's not. That's it's a that's, joke. That's that's it's Will. Will, 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 that's Will. I know it's a, it's a joke. It's it's a joke for me too. But you know, it's still an indictment. <laughs> Y'all crazy, man. Because as soon as you said the round ball report, I was like, Yo, Will about to say something, dog. I knew I was. I was waiting for it. I was like, All right, I'm not. I'm not going to even. I mean, I'm not y'all having up. y'all having side tech conversations, <laughs> and y'all doing you know other media outlets. I mean, come on, we breaking up. We the Beatles about to break up. Like, what? You know. Never that, bro. Come on now. You know it's real out here. You know what I'm saying? But uh, right now the Wizards are down to the Memphis Grizzlies, 80 to 66. Um, yeah, all fit, all points. With, I mean, Ray, you could say it's a hot streak, bro. You know, I mean, anytime you go, you know, seven and three, you know what I'm saying, and to a point where that Boston game, you win that, you eight and two in that in that stretch. Um, they're playing good basketball. It is what they're playing. If you and the team and the teams they've beaten, I think that's the thing that you gotta look at. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. They beat uh, the Denver Nuggets. They beat the Portland Trailblazers. They've beaten some good teams, man. They beat Denver twice. I mean, they beat some good teams in this at the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they've beaten they beat they beaten the 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 the, the tough the tough the tough squads in the West. I mean, they yeah. You can say like, all right, they've playing they're so, playing hot basketball. So let me ask you this: Is it more of so they beat those teams, or those teams came in with a uh, we're playing the Wizards tonight. Uh, I think the Denver. No, I thought I watched that. The Denver, Denver. No, uh, I think that they beat Denver. Um, they they almost the Lakers. It. Yeah, the Lakers. The Lakers, the Lakers like chilled. The Lakers, Lakers were healthy, but that mean they did what they did. Like down the stretch. So I like to get credit when credit is due. Like I've I've like got on Bradley Bill for not being. I felt like he's not a clutch basketball player. Great score, but not a clutch basketball player. But in that Lakers game, bro, like when you need your like when you need your dude, like you got you, we talking about you got that dude. And that Lakers overtime, like Bradley Bill was that dude. Like down the stretch, they gave him the ball, and it was nothing the Lakers could do about it. And he made every every right decision as a scorer. You know what I'm saying? So. That Lakers game, I'll give him credit. Like he was an assassin. When we talk about assassins in basketball, he was an assassin. Um, but there, to me, in that stretch, you can't deny it. Like to me, he played. That team played good basketball. Like you can't take that away from him. And they've been playing good basketball. Sometimes they may have not gotten. I mean, W's out of it. They've been playing good basketball. Now they're getting wins out of it, um, and it's it showed. And you see confidence from everybody. And so where he was talking about with Rui. Um, I think even Brad felt like Bradley Bill was like Rui could be uh, a first team defense, a defensive player. You know what I'm saying? He said he has that in him. I just I again, think you're going a little bit far on that one. But that's what that's what you said. I mean, to me, I think a little bit. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, to me, Rui is way more offensively gifted gifted than than a defender. Um, uh, but if that's the role they want to put him in, that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. Um, but I like, Ray already knows. I feel, I feel like, and this is this is a topic for another show. But Rui is highly He's not used correctly. He's just not used correctly. As we currently are speaking, Rui Hachimura is one for three from the floor with all right, two so, points. So and I'm about to go home. So this is what it is. Like, all right. So we we all know this. <laughs> no, see, now, now I'm about to go home. We're here. We're right. We're at the Rui point, part of it anyway. Yo, like. Absolutely. Westbrook, it's not a knock over. It's not an indictment on Westbrook. Like, it's not. Because we see this in Chris. Like, Will and I, we love Chris Paul. We talk about Chris Paul, how he's a leader and how Chris Paul knows his role and he's one of the best all-time point guards in our era of point guards like in our viewing era but i mean the thing about chris paul like he's playing with deandre deandre ayton deandre ayton's not accomplished he's not accomplished he's not this that he's we know he's talented as hell but he's not accomplished obviously we know about booker but chris paul goes out of his way to make sure and i'm not putting this on westbrook i feel like it's a scott brooks problem too but chris paul goes out of his way to make sure that ayton goes go gets his buckets especially especially when booker goes out of the game you know what i'm saying like he makes sure that 
he because Chris Paul get his shots on high screen and roll anytime he wants to. He can get that mid range shot and score. Like he can do that easy because Chris Paul has an awesome mid range J. He can get that high screen roll and hit, and hit that mid range shot anytime he wants to. But he makes it an emphasis to make sure that DeAndre Ayton gets to get touches on the roll. He makes it an emphasis. So how come you don't do it? So when when Bill is out of the game, how come you don't do that with Rui? You know what I'm saying? Rui and Russ. Rui's not, and Russ isn't even an efficient scorer to a point where you could say, hey, Russ, go ham on the scoring. Like, you could feature Rui in that situation. Like, you should be able to say, you know what? Bill is out, so it's going to be the, it's going to be the, we're going to feature, we're going to feature Rui as a scorer. Yeah, and Russ, you can do what you can do a little bit, but we're going to feature, we're going to run some offense through you. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no way Rui should be getting eight shots in a whole freaking basketball game. All right, I'm done. That's my soapbox. <laughs> Scott Brooks? No, Scott I, Brooks still I, got I'm, a chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm good now. Anybody got something? To, anybody no, got I, I mean, may, uh, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's a situation where uh, Scott Brooks and the staff they don't necessarily feel comfortable with running offense through Rui. Do you think that? I, I think so. I, I think that's what it is. But see, this is my thing about Scott Brooks, though. And this, he shows you a track record with this. And there, and I said this before. Scott Brooks had James Harden. And he consistently, when folks were even saying, like, this dude shouldn't be starting, he consistently, and it's because he wanted to make him a six-man, consistently had him come off the bench. Even though, and if you look, and people will use this argument about defense because they remember James Harden in Houston. They don't remember James Harden in Oklahoma. They use this argument where, like, well, Cephalosha was a good defender and James Harden wasn't that, at that level of playing defense. I advise people who, to, who watch basketball to go back to the clips and the, to, to, to the video and look at when the Lakers play OKC and look who got a lot of assignments on Kobe Bryant. Because if you're a trash defender, you're not checking Kobe Bryant. And he was making Kobe work. So if you remember James Harden, OKC, he played defense too. But the point is that – James Harden wouldn't be James Harden if he stayed at OKC with Scott Brooks. So if Scott Brooks doesn't trust Rui, that's not an indictment on Rui because we've seen Scott Brooks have this issue with other players. That's my message to Scott Brooks. Awkward pause. <laughs> anyway, end of the segment. <laughs> I know, right? Last week, the NBA All-Star Reserves were named. We'll talk about the selections after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team. For ages. You dig? are listening to the urban sports scene with will t ray jeezy and myself wole all right so the nba all-star reserves were announced last week um in the west you have anthony davis uh, he was replaced by devin booker paul george rudy gobert damian lillard donovan mitchell chris paul and zion williamson williamson in the east you have Jalen brown james hardy zach levine julius randall Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and uh, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, Demontis, Demontis Sabonis will uh, replace Kevin Durant. Um, any issues with 
the uh, all-star selections? Will T? Uh, the only issue I potentially have is with the inclusion of Jason Tatum. Not that Jason Tatum has not played at an all-star level. It's just that he's missed a lot of games. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the only selection where I was kind of iffy, and because the bonus didn't get in, I was – I thought to myself, uh, I don't know about that one, but the bonus got in as an injury replacement for Durant, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm happy for that. Uh, in the West, see, this is the thing, you know, I, I thought that Devin Booker, um, deserved to be, to make the all-star team, but when I started to look at the roster, I'm like, okay, if he makes it, who is taking off, um, PP. the best, who? Said CP. CP. Yeah, I, I mean, you can make the case for CP, but then again, we, we, you know, I know that we saw that Suns team uh, get hot in the bubble, right, and go 8-0 and almost made a, a run to the playoffs in the bubble. But then, you know, you start to look at the progress that the team's made now, and you look at it and you're like, all right, well, that's essentially because of Chris Paul, right? I, I think that's fair even though Devin Booker was having a better statistical um, mm-hmm. year st- statistical-wise. But then, and I looked at that, and then I also thought, well, maybe Zion Williamson, but Zion's also having a very good year also. So, kind of hard. Wow, I'm really surprised by you guys. I, I tell you, we talked earlier in the show about not being able to predict Ron Rivera's moves. I can't predict you guys' moves either because – you guys both agree that y'all not excited about college basketball, the NCAA tournament. But we're talking about the All-Star game. Do y'all really think this should be played? I'm just wondering. No, I, 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 <laughs> no, I stated, I, I've gone on record and stated that it was, uh, it's not the brightest thing to do. Right? Extra travel, extra wearing on the bodies of the, uh, the player. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time when, um, you know, Everything with COVID nineteen related, um, so I don't I don't necessarily think that's moving. Then you know, also you go to Atlanta. Atlanta is like the one of the capital, even one of those cities in America where people go to party. And for them, even though you know the NBA is not quite a whole you know official event for the All Star you know All Star game or All Star weekend, you're going to have a lot of people coming to Atlanta. You want to be around, you know, for that energy, that feeling of, um, you know, all-star weekend. So I'm not going to think it's the smartest thing to do, but uh, they have kind of, you know, won me over by the proceeds of the HBCU universities and all three of us are graduates of HBCU. So one way to make it, you know, make it it positive and make it pay up for someone else. That's a good look, no doubt. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't have a problem with the lineups. Simmons was going out and looking at it. Should Ben Simmons be in the All-Star game this year? Kind of like you said about him. He's played well, but I- I'm not sure this is his best season. Not that it has to be, but if there was one guy I was going to scratch my head about, it would have been him. It's, like you said, it's hard arguing the West. But at the same time, on, on the Eastern Conference side, who could you have put in ahead of Ben Simmons? And the only thing I think of is Russ, and I know uh, some people are totally pissed that I even mentioned that. Uh, but regardless, the All-Star game, just like a lot of uh, it just doesn't have the same feel to it, just because of, of the short all-season, um, after the bubble, of course, because of COVID. And then, you know, not being able to have fans, I'm sure there's going to be fans there, not the, the, the normal amount, but I don't know, the whole week is just weird. Even James Brown is actually mean on the three-point contest. I'm like, this is not the story of me. Go ahead. I don't want to keep going off the subject. No, nah, I mean, I agree with you all. I think the All-Star game is, I mean, I don't think they should be an All-Star game. Um, I'm with you all. Um, yeah. In terms of, like, I, I mean, it, it's really, it's it's tough to say who, who got snubbed or whatnot. I think the injuries saved a lot of individuals because I'm with you, um, Will T, um, I mean, you know, Jason Tatum making it. I was interested to know if 
say I, I feel bad for uh shoot what's his, what's my man's name up in Portland um CJ McCu- uh, CJ McCollum uh because if he didn't get hurt you know what I mean he's a guy that I felt like was on the easy path to make him to being an all star the way he was playing basketball uh, but knowing the league they would probably have probably screwed him too um but you would think that Booker winning winning games you know being one of the young stars and now. His team is, you know, and is in the postseason. I mean, actually in position to make it to, to be in the postseason and be a decent a decent seed that they would give him that slot. But also, I, I guess you know you want to get show Chris Paul, give Chris Paul his flowers because Chris Paul has done what he's always done, right? You know, he goes to an organization that's been losing and he's made that organization into a winner. So you you recognize that Chris Paul is one of the main reasons why the Phoenix Suns are even in this position. Now, we can use the argument that we saw we saw this from this Phoenix Suns team in the bubble, but at the end of the day, we saw what Chris Paul did when he, you know, was drafted by the Hornets. Um, we saw what Chris Paul did when he was when he went to the Clippers. We saw what Chris Paul did when he went to Oklahoma when everybody thought that was nothing but a lottery situation, and now he's in Phoenix and they're in the po- they're making a nice strong run uh to be a higher seed in the postseason. So, you know, it's hard to really argue the part of Chris Paul what I mean for Chris Paul not being in the All Star game. I-, I see why he's in the All Star game. Okay, well let me ask you this. All all we've gone around, we said all players don't agree that there should be an all star game. Another question. Will you watch it? You don't agree that there should be one, but on Sunday at 7 o'clock, whatever time it is, will you watch it? Um, you know, watch the three point. You no, know, because they aren't having all star Saturday night. They're just going to have those on the halftime of the game. Will you watch it? Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm watching it. Oh, well, now I'm not watching the dunk contest. You know what? I take that back. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I'm gonna watch the three-point contest because something about the three-point contest always intrigues me. I'm not gonna watch the dunk contest because I feel like, eh, you don't have the crowd to hype you up. That's something that's really something about a dunk contest. You need everything. You need that whole environment. Um, the the All-Star game? Nah, I don't care for it. I don't care for the All-Star game. Yeah, I was wildly honest. I don't even have to. What you ain't you ain't gonna watch? Ole, it? My bad. Now what you say? No, you ain't watch. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be on the spot. I ain't no point in going to long field. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't feel like it's it's that type of. I don't know. It's 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 just not that type of vibe for me this year. But you know, nope. I mean, it's just like it's just like March Madness though. Real talk, it's like March Madness. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh no, it's not the same, bro. I'm just kidding. I'm biased by March Madness because I'm more into college basketball than you guys are. That's yeah. all it is. I'm just saying, like, uh, we'll see. I mean, Will, are you are you going to be into it? You said no, right, Will? No, I don't think I'm going to watch it. You think I'll watch the three-point contest? Yeah, uh, I mean, if I happen to, if I happen to, <laughs> um, if I happen to turn on the channel and it's halftime yeah. and they're having the three-point contest, the dunk contest, mm-hmm. um, but... Most likely I'll watch it. Okay. But um it's not it's not you know, it's not a point where I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward to watching it. It's not like, you know, it's one vision and I'm gonna plot out my day for the set time to watch this. Alright, I got you. Alright, so we're we're gonna we're gonna go football. Should Sterling Sharp be in the NFL Hall of Fame? We'll discuss this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports thing. You did. I'm rolling sweets, 
I'm smoking sour, married to the game, but she broke her vows. That's why my bars are full of broken bottles, and my nightstands are full of open bottles. Uh, I think about more than I forget, but I don't go around fire expecting not to sweat. And these, know I lay them down, make your bed. Try to kick me while I'm down, I break your leg. Money outweighing problems on a triple beam. I'm sticking to the script, you skipping scenes. Uh, be good or be good at it. Right, I got my semi-automatic. Yeah, put the dick in their mouth, so I guess it's what they say. I'm high as a up, up in the way, man. I'll come down in a couple of days. Okay, you want me up in the cage, then I call this reason. Blood gang and I'm in bleed mode All about my dope but I don't even check the peep hole So you can keep knocking but won't knock me down No love lost, no love found It's a little too late to say that you're sorry yeah. now You kicked me when I was down But what you say just don't hurt me That's right, it don't hurt me I don't need you no, no more, more. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole. All right, the Pro, the Pro Football Hall of Fame 2021 class was announced um, earlier. Uh, Charles Woodson, uh, quarterback Charles Woodson, uh, Calvin Johnson, wide receiver Calvin Johnson, safety John Lynch, and quarterback Peyton Manning uh, were named, just to name a few. Um, Hall, of, Hall of Fame tight end Shannon Sharp. Talked about how his brother, wide receiver Sterling Sharp, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And if players like Calvin Johnson and running back Terrell Davis can make it, uh, so can his brother. Uh, Will T, do you think uh, Sterling Sharp deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Um, this is a this is a hill that this is a, a fight that you've been fighting for a couple of years now. I know, bro. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean. He look. There's no question that you can say that Sterling Sharp, during I think maybe a three or four year period of his career, was the best uh, wide receiver in football, arguably from a statistical standpoint. Um, well, no, a two, a, a three year, a three year period to be more accurate, um, was the best uh, wide receiver in football. Um, when I look at the totality of his career, you know, it was very short, um, six years, what, six or seven years, if I'm not mistaken. But through those, uh, seven years, he had almost 600 catches and almost, uh, 10,000 yards. Uh, it's tough, but I think just based off the criteria we saw with Terrell Davis and, Calvin Johnson, I think he has a, a a good case to be in the NFL in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Ray Jeezy. I'm gonna quote how oh, go ahead, real. I mean what No say no say go ahead, say go ahead, Ray. Go ahead. Oh. I'm gonna quote what Shannon Sharp said on Twitter. When my brother retired, nobody had caught more passes in their first seven seasons than him and only Jerry Rice had more yards in their first seven seasons. As you said, my brother was as dominant in his era as Megatron was in his. It's just unfortunate that his career got cut short. But there's many individuals in the Hall of Fame who have a small body of work, such as Barry Sanders. I know Barry Sanders was dynamite. I mean, he revolutionized the position at the top. But I just don't understand what the voters have against them. I don't. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like you have not even just Barry, like Terrell, Terrell, uh, Terrell, uh, Terrell Davis. And now, granted, he won, he was a Super Bowl MVP. Exactly. I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was Super Bowl MVP, but his body of work was real short term. You know what I'm saying? Like it really was. He had the 2,000 yard season, right? Which you know highlighted with again with an, a Super Bowl MVP. But it's when you look at 
what and to to your point, like if you look at, I mean, I'm just gonna go with the eye test. Like growing up watching Sterling Sharp, bruh, like literally, there were like he rivaled Jerry Rice. I don't understand. Like people, he rivaled Jerry Rice. Like take away like Jerry Rice longevity, what yeah. he did with Joe Montana and whatnot. We're talking about a dude in Green Bay whose quarterback was like the Magic Man Don Mikowski and then a young Brent Favre. Like he didn't even have dudes like these other quarter wide receivers had. Like, Jer- like Joe, like Jerry Rice, as great as he was, with the best, the best wide receiver ever. Not taking that away from him, but dude had Joe Montana, Steve Young. Like Sterling Sharp was damn near that dude with no no re- legitimate franchise quarterback. That's a fair point. But if we look at Sterling Sharp's stats, just look at his stats, mm-hmm. seven years in the in the NFL. Yeah. Um, four of those seven years, he had 90-plus catches. Uh, four of those years, he had double-busy touchdowns. Um, does, so I say all that to say this. Does that necessarily constitute, when you think about, you know, and, and I and I and I know you got to take into consideration that it was uh, a different era of yeah, football. Yeah, it was right where they didn't throw the football as much. Mm-hmm. But and this, you know, just the the other side of the argument. When you look at his statistics, it doesn't look. It's not the most. It it doesn't necessarily pop out at you when yeah. you're looking at his statistics. Yeah, but you look, even though I yeah. know that you know. Um, First seven years in the league, you know, only person that had more catches than him was Jerry Rice. Yeah, and to that, it's like you look at because we got we got to look at it in terms of that era of, of football, right? Because because people do are start now they're now doing it with it within a different era of football. Like Terrell Davis making it to the Hall of Fame was in his era of football, right? So you look at Sterling Sharp's era when he had to, when he had to lead the game, and like that point you weren't getting wide receivers getting a thousand yards that consistently you know what i'm saying like he was getting other than maybe again other than two years is where he didn't get the he didn't catch a, he didn't have a thousand yards receiving uh, yeah i think yeah two years that's 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 pretty phenomenal bro like again and not, and not being in a situation where you're playing with an ideal passer passing quarterback like a quarterback who passes the ball at a high level uh Dom, the magic man was decent but we're not talking about when you look at some of these other wide receivers putting up to that type of those type of numbers in a seven year span yo that's insane like what he was doing it really was it was insane and to again rivaling jerry rice at that particular point in time like to me he has to get more talk because we we have like people like lynn swan in the hall like dog dog he was Better than those dudes. Even as much as we like Michael Irvin, right? Mike, Michael Irvin was great. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he's not. But at that at that point in time, would you at that p- uh, point in time is is Michael Irvin better than Sterling Sharp? And Michael um, Irvin had a running game. He had a running game. He had the quarterback. Sterling Sharp was it. That was the weapon. Sterling Sharp was the weapon. So t- teams teams schemed up against Sterling Sharp against Dallas. You had schemed up against everybody. They schemed up against for Sterling, and Sterling still was giving him. He, he wasn't necessarily, but Michael Irvin was definitely the catalyst for that Dallas team yeah, winning the Super Bowl. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't take that away from him. I'm just saying that that which it's just it's it's just hard to believe that a guy that a lot of people even in that particular point in time was the he was in a debate. At that particular time, like if it wasn't Jerry, you would think Sterling Sharp. You weren't thinking anybody else. Were you though? Like really at that time, were you? Maybe Chris Carter? Were we thinking Chris Carter better than Sterling Sharp? Uh maybe Chris maybe Chris Carter. Um maybe Tim Brown. But he see his numbers were better than Tim Brown. You mean Jim yeah, Tim Brown, yeah. yeah, I know. Raiders, yeah. Num- you know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, it is. It's insane. Maybe Jim Lofton, James, James Lofton, Lofton rather. Andre yeah. Reed, maybe, uh, maybe. But like they're not even putting numbers like he was though. And like 
Yeah, other than his, I mean, other than his rookie year, I think his rookie year he had like 700, close to 800 yards, and and a 900 yard season in between. Yo, like that's consistency, man. That's doubt. That's consistency. It really is. And again, we all mentioned that wasn't that wasn't an era where you know teams the ball like that. So I hope he gets in, man, because Sterling Sharp was was definitely a guy that I feel that you know he deserves more respect for what he you know what he did in the, what he did in the league. Uh, because when you look at like even Kurt Warner's in the hall and Kurt Warner's body of work is, I mean, it's slim. It's like really small to me. Like he's in the hall of fame though. I mean, is it, do you have to win a Super Bowl to be in the hall of fame? Is that it? I'm, well, and I know we're going over, we're going over time mm-hmm. with this, but I think one of the criteria for, um, to make it into the hall of fame is, if you're telling the history of football, would you have to would the would this person be the inclusion when you're trying to tell describe the history of football, would this person's contribution uh be a a, a larger contributing factor to such? Mm. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, because there's certain dudes that that are in there, they can be omitted. But anyway, hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Search, just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you check out Sports Journey at SportsJourney.com for all of your DMV sports content. Hey, thank you all for listening. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. Yeah, dig. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie.